那为阿们的,为诚信真实见证的,在神创造万物之上为元首的,说,I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot, I wish that you were cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. 我知道你的行为,你也不冷也不热,我巴不得你或冷或热, 你既如温水,也不冷也不热,所以我必从我口中把你吐出去. Because you say, I am rich, and have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. 你说我是富足,已经发了财,一样都不缺, 却不知道你是那困苦,可怜,贫穷,瞎眼,赤身的. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love I reprove and discipline therefore be zealous and repent 我劝你向我买火炼的金子叫你富足又买白衣穿上叫你赤身的羞耻不露出来又买眼药擦你的眼睛使你能看见凡我所疼爱的我就责备管教他所以你要发热心也要悔改。Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. 我要赐他在我宝座上与我同坐，就如我得了圣，在我父的宝座上与他同坐一般。圣灵向众教会所说的话，凡有耳的就应当听。We have had a theme verse from Revelation chapter twelve, verse eleven.啊，我们在启示录的第十二章第十一节，我们有一个主题的经文。And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even unto death. This is the definition of an overcomer. Now we, as we live here upon this earth, perhaps we don't think that our life matters much. We love the Lord. 
We want to try to live a good life. There's many distractions that we have. And we might think that the Lord isn't paying too much attention to us. Because even in this world at the present time, there are great conflicts going on and much persecution among for Christians. And we see in Revelation chapter 12 this great cosmic scene. We see the overcomer. It's the man child. And as soon as it was born, it was raptured up to heaven. Now this is a great and cosmic picture. There's the dragon, and there's the woman, and there's the throne above. And there's the overcomer. And we don't realize that that should be us. In our little life that we live on this earth, sometimes we think we're insignificant. But if our desire is to overcome, then the Lord is paying special attention to you. Indeed, we live in a blessed nation. We have many, much prosperity. And the freedom. But yet we have to battle. We have to overcome. The world, the flesh, and the devil still attack us. Our battle may not seem cosmic. But it is. Because we're joining with Christians down through church history who had to fight various different battles to overcome in the name of the Lord Jesus. In each one of the seven churches represented here in Revelation 2 and 3, the Lord calls overcomers. Now let's make a distinction here. Overcomers is not a physician. Overcomers is a calling. What does that mean? It means that nobody can call yourself, I am an overcomer. I don't know if you are, I don't know if I am. This does not say there are certain Christians who belong to a category overcomers. This is the last call to the church. The question is, not are you an overcomer? The question is simple. Today, are you overcoming? Some people start off, start off with great faith and great love for the Lord. Like the Church of Ephesus. 
可是当主耶稣跟他们说话的时候，在启示录第二章的时候，他们已经失去他们起初的爱心。They were not overcoming. 他们并不是在得胜。They didn't come into a special position as the Ephesian church. We are the overcoming church. 哦，他们并不是在一个好像以弗所说，我们正我们是得胜的教会。No, but just like to all the seven churches, Jesus spoke into the assembly and said, "Now who, who hears my voice and is willing to overcome?" Oh, 就如同主耶稣跟着七个教会所说的，啊，就说谁听到我的声音，谁是要得胜的。Now we would hope that when Jesus spoke to these seven congregations, that they all rose up with a desire to overcome. But we don't know that that's case. 啊、uh, ，我们并不知道当主呼召他们要得胜的时候，哪有哪一些起来得胜的。Since the church was born at Pentecost, it's always gone through tribulation. 啊，从教会在五旬节啊诞生之后啊，它一直经过了患难。But the church has always loved the promise in Romans 8:28. 啊，可是教会一直喜爱那在罗马书第八章二十八节的应许。Now, how many of you know what verse that is already? And the verse is talking about. Ah, this verse is talking about when we are going through difficulties. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose. We know that things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Now, what does that mean? All of the trouble. All of the tribulation is doing a perfecting work in us. Ah, 所有的患难，所有的困难，都是在我们里面做一个啊成圣的工作。That's why it's good. 这就是为什么它是好。It's not that it's easy. 这不是很容易。It's not that it's happy. 并不是让我们高兴。It can be very difficult. 是困难的。But it is working for good. 可是是对我们有益处。Why? 为什么呢 ？Because it's shaping and conforming us into the image of Jesus. 因为是叫我们能够磨成主耶稣的模模样。We all want that. 我们都希望如此。Now, when the Lord spoke to these seven churches, 啊，当主跟这七个教会说话的时候 ，these matters that He brought up are needed to be heard in all seven of the churches. 他所讲的对每一个这七个教会都啊有帮助。Each of these seven churches historically were quite different one from another. 啊，这七个教会在历史里头都有一些不一样。But when they received the book of Revelation， 啊，当他们收到这个启示录的时候 ，They didn't just say, okay, let's see if they're in the church of Sardis. Say, oh, well, forget Ephesus, forget Smyrna, forget Pergamon. Ah, yeah, this is for us, church of Sardis, and just read this one part. 啊，他们如果是沙底的教会，他们没有说好，我们现在就不用看以弗所，或者是看士美拿的教会，只看单单看沙底教会。Is it because all those churches have gone through phases? 因为每一个教会都经过不同的阶段。Maybe where they left their first love. 或许他们离出了，离开了起初的爱心。Or like Sardis, they fell asleep. 或者是沙底教会，他们啊沉睡了。Or like Pergamum, they ran after false teaching. 或者是别加摩，他们去听从啊啊假的教训。And so these teachings are meant for all of us and for all the churches. 所以这些教训是对我们所有的跟所有的教会的。Through them we should come humbly before the Lord. Say, Lord, speak to us about these things. 所以我们应当跟主说，啊，求主真是借着这些话语向我们说话。
But we've also tried to see over these days that these seven churches also represent seven phases of the church's history down through time. Uh, so the Ephesians speaks of the church in the first century AD. Uh, and even though Jesus was speaking to the church of Ephesus, uh, even in the first century, of course he was also saying Corinth, Colossi, you left your first love. This is the problem of the first century. But then we see the church of Smyrna, the problem of the second and third century, that is, persecution came upon the church. And then Pergamum was the next church, which represents what happened in the third and fourth century AD, when much false teaching came into Catholicism. And then from the 5th century on till today, the Church of Thyatira is talking about the Catholic Church that has a seductive evil spirit at the center, at the heart of the Church. Jezebel sits in the middle of the church, leading the servants astray. Now that church is still going on today. And then there's the church of Sardis. This was the church of the Reformation. And here they had great preachers who preached the gospel. Many got saved among the Protestants. But they did not speak of the work of the cross bringing us into spiritual maturity and perfection. And so in the church of Sardis, that is in the Protestant church today, you have revivals when there's great preachers and then they fall asleep. And then another revival, and then they fall asleep. Perhaps you know somebody who actually for, was so sick they had very little strength and they would always fall asleep all day long. So today, among many Protestants, they're saved. But they don't have the inner spiritual life. They've never read the normal Christian life. They don't know anything about Christ in you, your life, the hope of glory. Now, dear brothers and sisters, you know, we can't possibly overcome today unless we know Christ inwardly as our life and that we've been crucified with so we see that Thyatira church all around us today Catholic and Orthodox churches 
We see Sardis among us today, among the Protestant churches. Now there's also the Church of Philadelphia. All over the world, there are these assemblies of people who hold fast to the Lord's Word. They have true brotherly love for one another. They patiently wait for the coming of the Lord. They meet simply around the Lord's table. Oh, these are precious groups. And they are here and there around the world. And then finally we come to this church today, the church of Laodicea. This is the church and the age that we're living in today. What time is it on Jesus' watch? It's the Laodicean church age. Now there's so much to say about the Laodicean church. We are influenced by it. God forbid we are part of it. But it influences our life. Because the religious spirit, Christian spirit of this age is Laodicea. Now you see our dear brother Christian is not here this week. Now he's over in Korea, some island I've never heard, Jeju or something like that. And he's speaking to several hundred full-time workers in China. And you know our brother, he's giving many, many messages. All on the church of Laodicea. And he told us in prayer meeting. He's going to speak on the Laodicean church as it's manifested in these five ways. You can in, in great movements of today. So you can see Laodicea in the evangelical church today. You, you can see Laodicea in the charismatic churches. You can see Laodicea in the new reform, neo Calvinist movement today. You can see Laodicea in the mega church today. And you can see Laodicea in what was Witness Lee's local church. Now, our brother is going to share in detail with our dear servants over there in China about how this shows us Laodicea. Now some of you may have your head like an ostrich buried in the sand. But if you know what's going on in the church today, you can see Laodicea. The Laodicean era is an era that we live in. It's a church atmosphere today. 
Let me just give you one example. Now you know a lot of people talk about the millennials. Do you know who they are? Well, let's just put it, anybody under 35 millennial. Now millennials have learned something. When they, when they come into a church, this is what they do. I'm going to watch. I'm going to see if I like it. If I like it, I might talk to my friend here. Hey, you like that? It's pretty good. But I just sit. Because that's what we millennials do. We don't commit ourselves. Millennials have a real problem. If you know any millennial sisters, please pray for them. Because millennial brothers are not ready for marriage until 45, 50 years old. Because instead of growing up, this is what they do. They go to school like this. They work on a job like this. So now the church is infected by that. All our young people are infected by this attitude of sitting back. They have to overcome to say, let's sing hymn 12. That's just not cool. No word for cool. But anyway, it shows that they have zeal for the Lord enough to overcome. This whole attitude. So let's look at the church Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. For the angel of the church in Laodicea writes, The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this. I know your deeds that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now the Laodicean church has taken a certain standard of acceptable. 嗯，这个老底家的教会好像他们有一个呃一个一个规矩，就是关于呃能够接受的事。But Jesus comes to him and says, "I'm the Amen." 可是耶稣来跟他们说，我是那位阿门的。I am the faithful and true witness. 我是那位诚信真实见证的。This means three things. 这代表三件事。He is faithful. He is true as a witness. He is faithful and true as a martyr. It's the same word. He loved not his life unto death. He's an overcomer. He is faithful and true testimony of the way we're to be before our God. 
The Amen, the faithful and true man, looks at the church of Laodicea at their lampstand. When he looks for their lampstand, what's missing? Gold. No gold. And this is so distasteful to our Lord that he says, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, our brother Christian Chen would give you a whole hour's worth of background about the city of Laodicea. I will only tell you one thing. Laodicea is five miles from a city up the mountain called Hierapolis. Hierapolis Hierapolis in Greek means holy city. Why was Hierapolis a holy city? Back the religious people always called something holy city when something magic happened. Hierapolis had magic water. Hot springs of waters that heals you. People come from miles around to sit in the waters of this hot healing magic. Laodicea is five miles away down the mountain. They don't have any magic water. Uh, but the Romans built an aqueduct. Do you know what that is? And uh, the Romans built an aqueduct. You know what that is? the only one problem. Lost its magic. No longer hot. Just lukewarm. People would drink it up in Hierapolis. They it's lukewarm. It's not cold, not hot. It's terrible. Yeah. So uh, never, never give me. A warm Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola is magic water, but only when it's cold. Huh? But Jesus uses this to tell Laodicea, just like your lukewarm water, your spiritual life is lukewarm. And this describes exactly our spiritual situation today. The church is not hot. It's not cold. The church is in between. It's worldly. 
It's comfortable. It's quite wealthy. Very predictable. No magic water there. Same thing every week. People go because they look warm. Now, how can the Lord speak to them? This is the last call to the overcomers. And what can he say to lukewarm Christians? This is so difficult. For several reasons. But one thing that might help us to understand is this. This is the last prophetic message to the church. The book of Revelation. And it's very similar to the last prophet of the Old Testament. Malachi. Do you know that Malachi is different from any other prophet? Why? You know why? Now God raised the prophets whenever the people began to backslide and fall away. Whether Elijah or whether Isaiah or whether Jeremiah, they spoke the word of God to a backsliding nation. All the prophets had this message. To bring backsliders back to God. Malachi is different. Why? Because Malachi had to speak a very difficult message. To the remnant. Now the remnant are the overcomers of the Old Testament. They had sacrificed everything to go back to Jerusalem. They had sacrificed their animals on the altar at the on the altar. Of uh, the, the temple in Jerusalem. They sacrificed their lives and built the wall around Jerusalem. And then they lived in Jerusalem as a testimony to God, even though they were still very poor. They already gave their whole life for God. To build the temple, to build the city, but now they have grown cold. Now, what do you do when your remnant overcomers grow cold? This is the worst kind of problem. See, Laodicea was like that. Why? Where does Laodicea come from? Sequentially in the ages, where does it come out? Laodicea comes out of Philadelphia. Now you remember the Lord 
commended Philadelphia for their holding fast to him. That's what we would call the overcoming church of people who really love the Lord. 我们就称呼这些持守神的道爱主的这些他们是得胜者。But what do you do if these people should grow cold? 可是当这些人他们冷却下来的时候，你应该怎么办呢？ In one sense, they are worse off than Thyatira or Sardis. 从一方面，他们比推亚推亚推拉跟撒底教会都不好。Why? 为什么呢？ Because Sardis is cold. Jesus said, I wish you were cold. I can call you back to repentance. But you're not cold. Because you used to love me so much. You just love I wish you were one way or the other. But these people have lost their testimony. And Jesus has to speak to his own overcoming remnant. Because they've fallen away from Philadelphia. They become rich. Proud. Worldly. And Jesus is standing outside of the church. Behold, I stand on the door and knock. I'm outside. But the remnant doesn't even know it. Because they think their lukewarm life the Lord is happy with. You remember from the book of Malachi. It shows us the attitude of somebody. Who once was an overcomer. You remember the questions? God says, I have loved you. But you say, How have you loved me? God says, You have stolen my tithes. But they say, How have we stolen? God says, you have offered imperfect offerings. He said, well, we gave you the best that we God says, your marriages are defiled. You're committing adultery. What's wrong with our marriages? This was the remnant that had grown cold. Now let me ask you. Do you think this remnant actually said those words out loud? The Lord said, I love you. They say, How have you loved me? You think they actually said that out loud? I think that this remnant of people were almost as smart as the Chinese. They would never say that out loud. <laughs> but Jesus can see in the heart. People don't have to say it for Jesus to know their attitude. And so we see this is the problem today 
what did the Lord finally say to the remnant in Malachi? 那主对那些在马拉基书里面那些渔民，他最后说什么呢？ Because they had an attitude, you know, we are in trouble whenever the Lord tells us something and we question Him. 哦，如果主对我们说一些话，我们却质质问他的时候，我们真是有问题了。The Lord said two things。哦，主说了两件事。I am going to send my messenger to the temple, and he's going to cleanse the temple. And who will be able to endure this cleansing?我要主说，我要把我的使者派到那殿中，他要洁净这殿。那谁能够呃在那殿这个日子能够站立得住呢？ He also said,他也说，I am looking. I am looking for people who fear the Lord.我在观看，我在寻找那些敬畏神的人。And they come together and they talk and they pray. And I see that. They still love me. They still zealous. I will write their name down in the book. The Lord says, They are mine. What, I, I don't care about all these people who say something, but these are the ones who are really mine. So the Lord still looks among his people. For those who really are zealous for him. So the Lord looks among his people. He has nothing good to say. But strange to say, they think they're really good. Let's listen to what the Lord says. In chapter 3, verse 17. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Once again, I ask you to understand the subtlety of this. Do you think these people actually go around and saying, now they're Christians? Do you think they actually go around out loud and say, I am rich, I've become wealthy, I have need of nothing? It's right there. That's what Jesus looks at. He hears what they're saying. And here they are, so proud. There's no light in the lampstand of the testimony of Jesus. I am rich. I have need of nothing. Is that the Christian life? Is that what a real Christian feels? What is the normal Christian life? Isn't it a life 
of total dependency upon the Lord? Isn't it a life of seeking the Lord every day? Isn't it a life where we sense that we're poor in spirit, but we hold on to Christ our riches? Isn't our life a recognition that we don't know what to do unless we find it in the Word of God? What is the normal Christian life? He is our life. His grace is sufficient. His smile is my reward. Do you see any of that in the Laodicean church? And here's the problem. When people love the Lord, the Lord opens up heaven. And blesses them. Now listen. These people are only rich if they're holding on to the gold of Jesus. And brother and sister, if you hold on to Jesus as your gold, as your life, he will also bless you with a job, with a home, with many things. That's our problem. We held on to the Lord, and He has blessed us. And now we're holding on to that. I have need of nothing. I have my insurance. I have my stock market. I have my 401k. I have need of I'm healthy. have all kinds of Chinese medicines. Even bear paw, very expensive. I have need of nothing. But as soon as we let go of the riches of Christ, Jesus，你有多少？如果你有基督的，你有多少？如果你有基督的，你有多少？如果你有基督的，你有多少？如果你有基督的，你有多少？如果你有基督的，你有多少？如果你有基督的，你有多少？如果你有基督的，你有多少
and is not rich toward God. Dear brother and sister, whether you're young and old, 啊, 亲爱的弟兄姐妹, 不论你是年, 年长或者是年幼, I want you to be rich toward God. Whether you've got one barn or ten, if you're not rich toward God, you are poor, blind, wretched, naked. It's just as clear as that. Now, many people think that this richness mentioned here is talking about richness of knowledge. Let's take the church of Ephesus. Paul started the church. What a blessing to hear the teachings of Paul. When Paul was thrown in jail, Timothy continued to teach them. He was a student of the word. He taught the church of Ephesus. What blessing. And then when Timothy was martyred, the apostle John himself came and lived in Ephesus. Oh, what a blessing. Oh, what they learned about Jesus. They became rich. But richness of head knowledge without the obedience of the cross becomes poverty. We know the tragedies. I remember one time our dear brother Lance touched on the matter of the brethren, that great movement that took place in Great Britain in the 19th century. And after he spoke of the blessing of that Philadelphian church, he simply said this. They became so intellectual that they fought one another and divided, 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 divided. They became like Martians, big-headed Christians. All kinds of Bible knowledge, but no obedience of the cross. And so they fought with one another over little things. I don't even think you and I would understand their their differences. And our brother Lance, who lived in England much of his life, he says, when you look for the brethren now in England, you can't find them. There's still assemblies here and there. But there's no life. He says, Oh, but you can find the brethren. They are the leaders of the government. They are the leaders in banking. They are the leaders in industry. They are the leaders in 
That spiritual, biblical foundation that these children had, they grew up into the world and became leaders because of that deposit that Christ had put in. 因为基督在他们里面给他们的一些根基，让他们现在能够到这样的地位。Now, I'm so glad our brother Stephen and our brother Christian are over in the Far East right now.啊，我真是感谢主，我们的啊江弟兄，我们的陈弟兄，他们现在在远东。I wonder if you know their burden.我不知道他，你知不知道他们的负担？During the days of the Cultural Revolution.啊，在文化大革命的时候，The Lord purified His church. You did not call yourself a Christian if you weren't willing to give up your life. Nobody went there if you wanted to be popular or you wanted to get ahead on a job. But God purified the church. And now, what's the story? The church is getting rich. And they could lose. Go from Philadelphia to Laodicea. Not only because of money, but also because the more and more they hear doctrines the more they begin to split denominationally into groups. Twenty years ago, if you called on the name of the Lord from Shanghai and you called on the name from Wenzhou, you were immediately one. 如果你是在上海称呼求主的名，或者是在温州呼求主的名，你是合一的。but today, even in Wenzhou. 可是今天在就算在温州, oh, oh, you're a Christian? Well, what group are you in? 你是基督徒吗? 你是属于哪一个团体的? We should pray for those dear saints. God has sent them through persecution. And God has blessed them. But God forbid they should become Laodiceans. You can see in their story how much God loves His church. When the Lord recovers something, He doesn't want it lost by tradition and by pride. Now, in the midst of this great trouble in Laodicea, we see perhaps the greatest revelation of Jesus, our high priest. And his love. In chapter 3, verse 19, after rebuking this church, here's what he said Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Be zealous and repent. Have you ever heard such love? For his people who have grown cold? He tries to stir up that fire. Be zealous. Zealous is the Greek word for hot. Be hot and repent. 
他希望他的子民能够重新的发热，能够啊，能够有热心，又可以悔改。The Lord knows that the Laodicean Church age is the most difficult age to overcome it。主知道那老底加教会的时代乃是最困难、最不容易能够得胜的时代。Can you believe that?你相信吗？ The atmosphere is so chilling。那整个环境乃是非常的。I remember meeting years ago, maybe 30 years ago. Some simple saints in a little city far away from Manila in the Philippines. And these dear saints, Chinese saints there, all they had was Jesus. Their little assembly was full of the love of God. They had nothing but the Lord. Some of the brothers and sisters, as everywhere, migrated here to the United States. I remember one brother I went out on the streets with and we preached the gospel. Now he's here in the States. Still a Christian. Go through Chinese church. Lukewarm. The world is caught. No longer heart. He has more than just Jesus now. He doesn't need Jesus so much. But Jesus loves this brother. Jesus loves us. He knows how difficult it is to live in this day. So he knocks on our door. Do you hear him knocking? Why would he even want to have supper with us? Why does he want us to open the door? Shouldn't he just spit us out? What is it in Jesus that still wants us to hear his voice? Why can't we hear his voice? Do you remember when you had nothing but Jesus? Do you remember how closely, how desperately you listened to hear his voice when it would speak? You remember when he rescued you in a time of trouble? You remember how he bandaged your wounds like the good Samaritan? Maybe at some point you strayed away from the Lord and he went out like the shepherd, found you. And carried you back home. You remember when the Lord led you by the hand and took you out of your homeland and out of your family and led you by faith into this place you now dwell? You remember when you needed him? I hope none of us are like those people in Malachi. 
我们就好像在质问主。Where we're questioning the Lord。我们就好像在质问主。How have you loved me?你如何爱我们？How have I robbed you?我是如何来来强你？What's wrong with my family?我的家庭有什么问题呢？No, no, no. That's not the attitude of those who remember who Jesus is. He's your great high priest. He went before you. He went to Calvary. And he rose from the dead. And now to take you by the hand and bring you through victory into his bride. Do you love the Lord? What else can he say to you if you don't love him? Now Jesus says, I have some remedies. If you are lukewarm, I have some remedies for you. We see this in chapter 3, verse 18. Do you want to be zealous for the Lord? The Lord has three things. We know them. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. 我劝你向我买火炼的金子叫你富足又买白衣穿上叫你赤身的羞耻不露出来又买眼药擦你的眼睛使你能看见 Laodicea's first problem was they were absolutely blind to their spiritual condition. They thought they were doing good. Here's the first blessing. If the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and we see where we really are. Where are we really? Are we anything other than poor in spirit? Now many times Christians try to act poor in spirit. And it's an act that we can be very proud of. But what happens when you really see how poor in spirit you are? What a great blessing. You know, when you see who you really are, you're more than willing to repent. There are no stubborn knees that won't bow down when you see who you really are. Now we need some healing medicine by the Holy Spirit to open our eyes so that we come back to that place of dependency upon Jesus where we're truly rich. 我们真是需要圣灵来把我们带回到一个认识到我们可以开我们的眼睛认识到我们的光景。You know we talk about revivals in the church.啊，我们讲到教会里面的复兴。And we think of the great gospel meetings that happen in revivals.我们就想到一些振兴或者是复兴的大会。But down through the history of the church, revival has been when the Christians' eyes were opened and they repented.可是，在教会历史里头。我们看到这个复兴经常是基督徒的眼睛被打开他们看到了。And that's when people get saved. When they see Christians rich 
in Christ Jesus. Now, secondly, Jesus says, Buy from me gold refined in the fire. Now you know the church is represented by the lampstand of gold. But the saints need to buy this gold. Now what is this gold? It's what Jesus is always looking for. He's looking for himself. He is your goal. When he looks at Laodicea, he doesn't see the gold. He says, You're poor. Where's my gold? Because the gold is his life. And he has deposited it in you. But there's one thing that has to happen. God's life. Through Jesus Christ is in you and I as Christians. But now the gold must be refined. Buy from me gold refined in the fire. That precious treasure that's within you. The Lord has to break the outward man. And refine our lives. Until we're full of Jesus Christ. Then we're rich. And as, a, as an assembly, it isn't our great words or our great singing or our great prayers. But if we gather in Jesus' name and Christ can be seen, we're rich as an assembly. I advise you to buy gold refined in the fire. We can sing songs, seek first the kingdom. We can say, Oh Lord, I want your presence. But listen, gold must be bought. In the ten virgins, the five wise virgins, they bought oil. In the parable of the talents, two of the three servants, they invested what they had been given. Gold does not refine just by itself laying under the ground. The purchase is by spiritual exercise of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, You need white robes. If you would be uh, uh, clothed, you need these white robes. This is speaking of holiness. Garments of modesty. Garments given to us by the Lord. But these garments must be purchased as well. When the bride is finally ready, she is ready because she has made her garments. By her works of righteousness. 
She is a bride prepared. Today, we should not even mention, but there are so many Christians completely naked. They're not covered under the blood. They're speaking boldly of their riches. The enemy will get them. Many Christian ministers fall away. Because in their pride they stand naked and the enemy can attack. Many saints who once were victorious get attacked and beaten because they've come uncovered. And they don't even realize it. There are some Christians today who don't even believe that the devil is prowling about like a lion, finding a way to attack you. But in the last days, the Lord is saying, have your eyes opened by the Spirit. Work out that gold that is within you. Be, be covered with my robes I've given you. Listen, our Lord Jesus loves us very much. He says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. We can thank the Lord. He hasn't spit us out. Now there's a whole church world in failure. Uh, going the way of all of these things that are not richness in Christ. Whatever these people do is up to them. But if you hear the Lord speaking to you, you'd know and be sure that you are rich in Christ Jesus. And the last thing I want to say, and perhaps this is the most amazing of all, this church of Laodicea, nothing to commend it. Listen to the promise he gives to anyone in this age who will overcome. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. As also I overcame and sat down with my father on his. There's a big throne. The Father sits on that throne. Well, now Jesus sits on that throne. And now Jesus invites us to sit on that throne. We're in there. We're in there because of what he did. You can overcome because he overcame. We lay hold of his life. And even in this most dark and lukewarm age, if you will buy the gold of Christ, you will sit on that throne. 
Amazing mercy. No one deserves it. Will you be faithful? Now, I want to say something. Finally, I know some of you are younger in the Lord. You hear something like this, you say, Oh, this is way too much for me. When the Lord makes his final judgment, this is the only thing we want to know. It's not really how far you've gotten. Or how long you've been a Christian. Here's the one question. Were you on the way? When he came, were you on the way? Were you overcoming? In the simplest way. Will you go back to your Bible? Will you go back to your dependence upon him? Will you go back to seeking his kingdom first and let go of those riches that you so gladly have? Just be stewards of that, but hold to him. You may be only a Christian, one year old. But you will overcome. If he finds you pursuing him, find you buying a nickel's worth of gold. But at least you want it. In this day, people don't even want it. They think they have enough. Jesus will come in an hour when nobody expects. Here's the question. Not are you an overcomer? Are you overcoming when he comes? Are you moving forward? Then join him in his throne. We'll celebrate the millennium together. This is the Lord's last call for overcoming. After this, there's silence. Who will hear what the Spirit is saying? Will you swim up against the stream of all other Christians who are satisfied and pursue Jesus? There must be a tremendous portion of grace and mercy for us right now. He tells us to overcome by the same life, his life by which he overcame. We're not asked to do this on our own. We're asked to do this by the victorious life of Jesus. Don't call yourself a failure if you're holding on to the victorious life of Jesus. He who called you will bring you to completion. Now let's consider these things and have a few moments of prayer before we go.